from writing the script to final cut, okay, this movie, uh huh, four months. That's awesome. <laughs> you know why? That's because so they awesome. saw Halloween and they're like, how can totally. we do that? Yeah, but not do that, right. but do that. Horror Movie Survival Guide is a weekly podcast where two unlikely gore hounds delve into our horror movie notebook from college, in which we meticulously kept track of every film we watched in the horror movie section of our local video store in our quest to learn how to survive and to ensure we end up as, as the, the final, final girl. girl. Join Julia and Marion as we revisit the classic and obscure horror VHS we viewed and logged in our notebook, breaking each movie down one by one, speaking out over all the ghastly minutia, and ultimately illuminating the path to survival. Welcome to Horror Movie Survival Guide, everyone. You barely made it through that. I, I'm, I'm, ta- I'm, th- I, uh, <laughs> I'm Julia. I'm Marion. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're so sober. So I don't know what's going on. Um, uh, this is episode 61 in which we're going to be discussing 1980s He Knows You're Alone. And the title of this episode, Want a Goober? Want a Goober? Uh, it's all one of the all-time great uh, horror movie improvs, which we'll get to soon. Um, this movie is called He Knows You're Alone, but it also should be called He Knows You're Getting Married and He's Not Happy About It. Yeah. Um, the tagline for this movie, every girl is frightened of the night before her wedding, but this time there's good reason. Also, that is like sort of like the most like, you know, I'm sure this movie was written in the 70s too, like the most like, oh, you know, girls scared before they get married. Mm-hmm. You know how it is, ladies. Am I right? Am mm-hmm. I right? Terrified? Like, oh, really? That's a thing? Oh, I guess that's a thing. Um, yeah, because the whole premise of this movie is basically a killer who kills people, uh, kills girls who are going to be married. Which would be fine Movie. If, like, that really, <laughs> if that really was the plot, but it's not. It's kind of meanders away from it, which is strange. It does. It's like that's what kind of gets us going. Yeah. And then I feel like he loses the thread a little bit yeah. and then he comes back around. And can then I, he, can, yeah. I, can I mention? But this is a weird premise for a movie. Can I mention why this movie might seem a little slapdash? Okay. Okay. From writing the script to final cut. Okay. This movie. Uh-huh. Four months. That's awesome. You know why? That's because so awesome. they saw Halloween and they're like, how can totally. we do that? Yeah, but not do that, right. but do that. And see, this is the kind of thing I'm okay with. Remakes I have a problem with mainly yeah. mm-hmm. because they just kind of, it's lazy. Yeah. And this is like, okay, something like Halloween, but not quite Halloween, but you it's, can tell it's Halloween. It's just so specific though in a way that's just so funny. It's just like, you know, it's like a killer who kills people before they open a pet store. Right. You know, it's just like, it's you just- You gotta have a thread. So, I know, but it's just so weird where it's just kind of wandering around. It's just, I don't know. You it's gotta, very, very you know, We want someone who lurks. Yeah. A lot of lurking. A lot of lurking. We need some friends. Uh, we need a, a hapless boyfriend. We, yeah, no, I mean, I get it, but it's just, I don't know, it's a very funny premise to me. It, it's, it's so clear. It's just so clear. It's, it's just it's, like, it's I kill cute. people before they're going to get married. Oh, oh, okay. Wow. Okay. That's a, well, everyone's got to have a job. So, so right. this movie, film debut, Mr. Tom Hanks. Of Mr. Tom Hanks. So if I didn't believe before that everyone has to pay their dues, like this movie confirms that everyone must pay their dues and no one gets out of it. Um, and yes, this is Tom Hanks's first film. Um, so the beginning of this film is, of course, a couple making out in a car, as you do, um, in a deserted area and they hear a noise and she's like, maybe it's my boyfriend. Uh, and he's like, well, I'll go out to investigate. Um, and he goes and then and she starts hearing this weird tapping against the uh, against the uh, car, and then she's like, oh, "I'm not a nice joke. Uh, what do you you know? Come back in. I'm, I'm not going to go find you." And then, of course, she goes to find him, and she finds him strung up by his feet, mm-hmm. gutted, and his class ring is tapping against the side. Um, but of course, all of that 
is a movie. Movie within a movie. Movie within a movie. I love fake out beginnings. Yeah. This is, you think this, it's this movie? Nope. This movie. That It was one of them where watching it, I was like, I really hope this is a movie within a movie because <laughs> like, I don't want this to be our people. Um, and luckily they weren't because they were obviously like trying to sort of do all the cliches. And so it's two women who are watching this movie and one of them decides to bake off and go use the restroom. And she feels like she's beat, which is I uh, this part of it I kind of enjoyed because I have often been kind of scared in movie theater bathrooms yeah. when I'm by myself. Yeah. I feel like that's a real thing mm -hmm. where it's like, especially if you were watching something kind of scary or there's something about a whole bunch of people being in like a totally different part of a building and you suddenly being in a room totally separate from that building by yourself and like big public echoey bathrooms. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it's like in the guy's room, but in the girl's room, like scary. Yeah. Like all the stalls and like, are you alone in that bathroom? Are you not? Or you think you are and then you hear a noise at the far end. And I don't know. We, I feel maybe like we've seen too many horror movies that could be argued. Probably. But I think this is valid. Yeah. And I think there should be a name for that specific fear. We're like fear of getting murdered in the bathroom. No fear of you can feel other people in another part of the of the of mm. the place where you are, but uh -huh. you're not in that place. Yes, it's yeah. a very specific human it's very feeling. Very specific, yeah. Um, so I like that she's in there using the restroom, and she thinks she hears a noise, and she calls out to her friend, and nobody answers. But she just gets super creeped out, and she runs back into the movie theater, and she's like, "I feel like somebody was following me, like somebody was like in there." And her friend's like, "Okay, movie." Um, uh, can I just point out her friend? Uh -huh. My brain is so funny because I. I see her friend and I'm like I know her where do I know her from where do I know her from and the little file cabinet in my brain starts going starts going <laughs> that girl uh -huh. who is her friend uh -huh. uh, is one of Harold's dates in Harold in Maud that's ridiculous yeah that my brain could figure that out wow and I was like oh it's her that's and then, crazy <laughs> and then I could slip back into the movie and then I'm good to go that's funny wow uh, I love this death, though. Her friend, uh, the killer, comes up behind them mm -hmm. while they're watching a movie and times it. So he stabs mm -hmm. her just as someone on screen gets stabbed. Right. So everyone screams at the same time she screams. Yep. The great horror movie death. Stabs her through the back of the chair. Yeah. That would be have. That's a lot of, like, force. <sighs> yeah. That's just not good. That's no, no. good. Um, and she slumps over into her friend's lap. And her friend's like, Linda. I, her name's not Linda. I'm just saying that. Linda, Linda, get up. And then Linda doesn't. And then it's like, oh, my God. Uh, and uh, freeze, freeze frame on her friend's face. And also, when they go into the title sequence, they push in on the killer's eyes. Yeah. And so there's this movie definitely does this thing where they're like they're going to show you precisely who the killer is, like pretty much immediately. So P.S. Guys, if you see these crazy eyes for the rest of the movie, that's our guy. Yeah. Like that's his deal. Um, they make much use of this man's eyes. Like they He's got crazy eyes. Yeah, he has crazy eyes. Um, and so of course the cops come, and one of the cops is Principal Vernon. Yeah. from the breakfast club Paul Gleason Paul Gleason um, so he's a cop but he's not the main cop the main cop is this guy named Glenn um, who's and a little bit crackers definitely crackers he's got like a super 70s mustache uh, and he's like oh I know the MO it's the MO it's oh, this is what this guy's deal is because that girl who got stabbed was about to be married um, her friend tells the police officers and she's like it's him it's him I know it's him and we find out that mm -hmm. he was supposed to be married and his bride was killed the, the, the eve before the wedding right so they have this whole flashback where it's like everyone's just getting ready. And then it's sort of like killer cam enters this woman's room as she's like kind in her of, bridal kind of gown. Like the beginning of Halloween, you have the Michael Myers exactly. going in with the mirror. It's 100% that shot. Yep. And then she's just like, but what are you, uh, but, what's his name, Ray? Or yeah. what, Ray, what are you doing and here? And he grabs her by the mouth. <laughs> 
so interesting. That's, that's, it's like, really? That's the place you go for? Not the throat, which seems quite handy. Sure. But the mouth? Mouth grab. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, and dispatches her. And so, and then I guess after that, like Ray just decided it wasn't just the, and she was like the ex-boyfriend basically right. of her. Um, and uh, so he's decided like one bride death is not enough for him. He's just going to go around. He liked it the first time. Maybe it'll find, keep getting better. Finding brides and just keep doing it. Um, well, the great thing about brides is that you never run out of them. It's true. There's yeah. going to be a constant surplus for the rest of time. That's true. It's just, it's very niche It's uh-huh. very niche of you, Ray. Yeah. Um, so we meet Amy and Phil. Uh, Amy who, ending in Y. Amy ending in Y. Um, who uh, are separating for sort of a bachelor, bachelorette weekends before they get married. Um, and Amy goes to a ballet class with uh, her two friends, Joyce and Nancy, who again are totally cut out of the Halloween mold of how to do friends yeah. in movies um, because one is sort of the super flirty, sleeping with her college professor professor you know whatever and the other is sort of the shy oh i don't know i see this guy jogging and he's kind of cute but yeah, and he kind of looks like young tom hanks but i don't know if i should ask him out it's mm-hmm. all very confusing um and so uh and again it's sort of like these these again the actors obviously are having a good time and doing the best but it's these like improbable friendships that you know the movies just decided to throw a bunch of archetypes together and make a friendship um so they're in a ballet class together and we have these sort of like stalking sequences where like Amy's trying to like get a bunch of things done before the wedding and sort of she you know she goes to get ice cream and she's stalked by you know and she's sort of seeing the person but then she comes out of the ice cream store and runs into Marvin Marvin who is her Mm ex-boyfriend who is a mortician Yes, a goofy mortician. He's a goofy mortician. Yeah, uh, and she she rams his her ice cream cone into his shirt. Right, and then of course another Julia fashion. I, she doesn't get a replacement ice cream cone, man. Don't they go back in to get a replacement? Yeah, ice cream no, cone? She, they go back in. She towels him off, and oh, then they leave. Got it. And I'm like, no, you just go back in. You tell the guy, hey, I just ran into this guy hey. with a cone. Yeah, can I have another one? And they say yes. And she's got a lot on her mind, Amy. Maybe she I just know. didn't think. I, I, most people don't think um, about that. They also kind of set up where Marvin is sort of Marvin is her ex, and he's. Uh, still carrying a torch, but it's sort of good natured about it. Like, you know, you shouldn't marry this loser. Marry me. Run away with me. And she's like, everyone in this film seems to not like the guy she's going to marry. Everyone, they keep calling him a turkey. They call him an asshole. And he, by the way, is on this bachelor party trip where apparently they just picked up some hot chicks to like screw all weekend. Is that what you do at a bachelor party? I, I, maybe you did in the seventies. I don't know. But like 1980, man. Well, when it was made. Yeah. (laughs) But like, maybe that's, you know, uh, maybe that's also too, like, part of where this movie's going to go like this is supposed to be the setup for this mm. I feel like also you know they're definitely kind of trying to set up that like Marvin is supposed to be who Amy's really meant to be with right. like their real friends so Phil's the Baxter who we don't care about exactly and also like once he kind of goes off we see him trying to make a phone call to her like one other time and basically we never see the guy again so he's talked about but like there's no character development there yeah. we're like we run into Marvin all the time and so I feel like we're meant to be rooting for Marvin I will say you know I have nothing against the actor who's playing Marvin but I kind of think it would be a lot cooler if Tom Hanks was Marvin. Yeah. Because um, I think this role would have been perfect for yes. him. And he has a, so a smaller role which he comes up. Exactly. And he's like, it's the guy that, you know, maybe it's not necessarily like, you know, Phil, at least the three seconds that I saw him was sort of the like the kind of cliche late 70s, early 80s kind of stud yeah. guy. Um, like but the head of the fraternity. Totally. Yeah. He's like that kind of guy. Whereas like Tom Hanks would have been sort of in stark contrast to yeah. this, but sort of very affable and fun and whatever. Well, I'm sure in hindsight, the filmmakers wish the same thing. I know. <laughs> but I mean, you know, the guy who's Marvin is fine. He's great. You know, and he's adorable um, in a goofy, yeah. radishy kind of way. Very radishy. Yeah. Uh, so Amy goes to a bridal shop. To With the most unlikely 
wedding sale dress salesman with in the this, entire this world. Cigar just chomped in his mouth and just blowing smoke as you're getting your like wedding dress. But I'm like, no, yeah. go away with that. That would never happen. Yeah. Uh Ralph, who mm-hmm. uh so she's trying out the wedding dress. Marvin comes in, they have a little cutesy cutesy thing in the dressing room. Mm-hmm. She leaves and then as she's leaving, yeah, the killer has come in and is stabbing Ralph. This is where I start to lose what? it. What? Because I go Stalking brides, got it. Right. Ralph. Hmm? But also it's like you hate, it's like he just hates weddings. So it's like you're killing dressmakers, cake makers, <laughs> yeah. caterers. Like it, how, it, how far does this thing ne- go, Ray? It's like, nebulous. Like yeah. how far, yeah. Like the guy who just gets hired to cater with this guy's wedding, like you're going to kill them because he's wedding related? Yeah, I don't know. It, I it, would like this film more if they stuck with the plot. Agreed. Like he could be killing other brides. That's fine. Right. But like he kills Ralph and then goes to the professor uh-huh. and uh, his little paramour. Right. And, you know, I'm like, but what? They have nothing fri- to do with it. They're friends with her. But I mean, I'm sure she's in the bridal party. But again, like that's the thing. Are you kill? You're killing like ring bearers, yeah. flower girls. Like how? Do- I don't understand. I- they also sort of are doing a lot with this movie where every time Amy goes to one of these places, whether it's the tailor or she goes to see a priest later on, she constantly is expressing doubts about marrying Phil. Like, do you think this is a good idea? Idea. Oh, I don't know, blah, blah blah. And the movie's not super heavy-handed with it. It kind of felt at the time that they were just trying to make conversation for her. But for where this movie ultimately ends up, you're like, mm-hmm. all right, like I, you know, sort of get like while they're why they're laying all this out a bit more. Sure. Um, but uh, she keeps seeing this guy, this guy with the crazy eyes, and she's seen him. It's yes. not really like that's the one part where I think this deviates from kind of the Michael Myers thing, where like Michael Myers is definitely it's like a shoulder right. or a thigh or the a, shape, what, the shape. Yeah, like nope. Like sometimes you see him from far away, but when you see him it's like full face you see yeah. the suit like just this creepy yeah here looking guy who's Correct. hanging out your lawn mm-hmm. so okay so marvin comes over she says come over and see me at seven he shows up at seven in the morning because he's wacky uh-huh in a in a lab coat do morticians wear lab coats also take that thing off don't come in my house oh, like yeah you that... had like mortician ah. juice on you probably gross. i don't know what kind of juices those are but gross juices but i'm confused by like he's supposed to be in love with her and like really wanting to like get with her yeah but she's like, I'm being followed and he won't believe her. Yes. And he keeps not believing her. Yep. Like, I feel like if That's you in, like if you yeah. came and you were like, this guy's following me, be like, okay, what are we going to do? Like, I would believe you because right. that's what you do. Also, we do a podcast. I mean, that's also probably a big part of it. Whereas like, but you'd also think like Marvin like deals with dead people. So maybe, but I think it's sort of his own good natured disposition is fighting against him because mm-hmm. he's so like life's a bowl of cherries. Like, why would anyone be following you? Why would anyone want to hurt you? You're amazing. You know, let's just go do whatever. And I think that's kind of what the movie's trying to push a little bit. Um, he also brings her a fish every time he comes over. I know. Just pretty cute. It's pretty cute. And I was like, two points for Marvin. Um, it's kind of weird. It's a weird move. But it's cute. But it's kind of a cute move. Um, and uh, we also meet her kid sister, uh, who's played by Dana Barron. And uh, they have like this kind of... Yeah, surprise bachelorette party. And then that's the thing where like the flirty friend leaves with the professor and then they're both like dispatched and off screen. Off, yeah. And, and it's confusing, too, because it's like, OK, Joyce left. And so he left the bride stalking yeah. and went to go kill this friend. The secondary character? Yeah. The professor that he's never met? Correct. Mm. Yeah. Don't know. Um, and so, uh, and so, yeah. And they also, I feel like the movie is trying to have, you know, we sort of talked about in Hell Night where there was like a lot of padding. Yeah. I feel like there was the, the sequence had a bit of that where they're trying, they're sort of trying to do this bit with the lighter and like the, you know, like the professor uses the lighter because the power goes out to go downstairs, mm-hmm. check out the basement. And then when he comes back upstairs and Joy seems to be dead, suddenly the killer has the lighter. And it's like, we're, I don't know, you know, but, but it's, mostly confusing like you you don't even really see how they're killed and it's mostly confusing because you're not really sure why they're being killed yeah 
Because if it's like a no-nonsense, a little bit of no-nonsense Michael Myers first Halloween kind of reason, you're like, all right, you're crazy. But he seems so specific yeah. that it's, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't fully make sense. Um, so the girls decide to go for a run. And in, the in this run um, is where Nancy, uh, the shy friend, finally gets at the nerve to go ask out the guy that she's been crushing on, Elliot, which is also a really cute name. It's an um, adorable name. And he's adorable as an Elliot. Totally. Questionable meet cute, though. That was that scene was so awkward. Well, the thing about it is, so she, they've been seeing each other jogging, kind of giving each other the look, totally. And she's finally going to go over and say something. Mm-hmm. So she's like jogging over to him, and he fully trips her, totally. Because I think she's going to do like the casual jog by, you know, like when you like ride your bike past yeah. someone's house to see if they notice, <laughs> like like Ducky, <laughs> totally, yeah. But instead, like he trips her when she's trying to do the casual run by to see if you notice me, and then she falls. And yeah, it's kind of strange. And then they do a cutesy scene and it works because he's Tom Hanks. But I just feel like Mm -hmm. if I was like eyeing a cute guy and then he tripped me, I'd be like, fuck you. I know. What the hell? Yeah. You might be cute, but don't trip me. It's not a a great opening move. Um, But it works for Tom Hanks. It's like pulling the braids of the girl you like, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, So they decide to all go to this fair um, and Tom Hanks has this total like radish speech. Can I give it a speech? By all means. I have the speech. He's a psych major. And he's Um, talking about why people go to horror movies. Yeah. Uh, Amy is telling them there's this creepy guy following me and it's really weird and nobody's really believing her. So he says the reason that we 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 watch horror movies, this is why we do this, Marion. Okay. I think it's pretty accurate. Well, let's see if Tom Hanks is right. Face fear without any fear of dying. It's safe. You can leave the movie or get off the ride with the vicarious thrill and the feeling that you just conquered death. What a hell of a first class rush. Check. Yeah, pretty much it. It's pretty much it. I have noticed, uh, you know, talking about this podcast with people, and I meet people, and they say I don't like horror movies, and I go, okay, and they say, I say, you know, I feel like it's like, have, like, have you met my friend Marion? <laughs> I say, like, yeah, you know, it feels like being on a roller coaster to me. Like it's a safe thing where you go on, you're thrilled, and then it's over. And they're like, most people who don't like horror movies also don't like roller coasters. Oh, how interesting. Okay. It's like that same yeah. feeling that I That's enjoy that most of the other people don't enjoy. That's very funny. I actually never thought about that parallel. But yeah, I think you're probably right. If I think right now, like the Rolodex in my head of people who don't like horror movies, I think they also aren't fond of roller coasters. Mm-hmm. That's very funny. I've been uh-huh. paying attention. <laughs> Discovery things. So then, but then Tom Hanks <laughs> delivers our favorite line in this yep. entire movie, which mm-hmm. destroyed us. Yeah. I think we were around it several times upon first viewing. Because it's one of those things, he delivers this obviously scripted speech about, you know, and that's obviously the point of the scene. And then like the camera starts to kind of like slide away on a dolly to like clearly go on to the next scene. And they're meant to like get on a ride. And then as they do, like as Hanks goes, he's eating something. Um, and he then, says, uh, want a goober? Yeah, just right. Just, as he's just, going, as he's leaving frame. Totally. Uh, but that's why he's a star yeah <laughs> and that explains the oscars uh, right there um so yeah so they basically the the killer is stalking amy more and more throughout this roller coaster like elliot and nancy kind of peel off to go do their thing and but then little sister wants to go on the house of horrors yeah and amy's um, like don't really like these things in the first place and i think i'm being followed but yeah. let's do this thing yeah and it's like those old school ones where it's just like animatronic heads popping out at you with like sort of ill-timed lights and uh-huh. all that kind of thing and uh i love those things yeah and he's in there um and so she sees him and kind of freaks out and gets out and was like okay we got to go um but she's uh and and again there's kind of like this she gets home and she basically tells nancy i think i read later that the reason that elliot disappears after this is that he was meant to be in the upcoming scene with nancy where he also gets killed but because they really like tom hanks they were like well let's not do it um but basically nancy shows up and tells amy like she'll stay the night with her like she had plans with elliot but she'll stay with her and so uh 
Nancy is in the house by herself and there's this really long padded sequence where it's like Nancy, she takes a shower. It's a psycho homage. That part is. But then the long part is where it's like the music and then looking at the fish Whoa. and then I'm going to listen to the music with the headphones. You and missed then out that we got, we got boobs in the and shower. Then, so that was chicken, taking a box. I guess. But then, but you then know, but then smoking a joint. Right. But know. then it's like the rolling of the joint and then I'm going to lay the cushions down and it just goes on forever. And you're like, all right, movie. Because I think this was all meant to fill what was meant to be a Nancy Elliott conversation. Scene. Exactly. Right. So I appreciate the idea of like, you really like an actor, you don't want to murder him, but also like you can't replace it with nothing. And yeah. this is precisely what they do. Um, and then the killer comes in the house and kills Nancy. Yep. Um, just head in fish tank. Head in fish tank. Amy comes back and sees her friend head in the fish tank and twang. Um, and the killer's in there and so they give chase. He gives chase uh, and she drives and drives all the way to the morgue and uh, uh, or the mortuary and uh, runs in. And I love that she kind of runs in and tells Elliot like or not Elliot uh, Marvin. Like he's real. He's real. He's really after me. And I I feel like the actor had that moment where it's like. Why'd you come here? Like, yeah. Why'd you bring it? Why'd you bring it to my doorstep? You know, but all right, you did. So I guess we'll deal with it. But I just love that moment where it's just like a terrible thing is after me. So I went to your house. Like, like that's oh. a really uh, thanks. Um, Can we just mention that uh, Amy has a chance to run him over with the car and she doesn't? The killer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Come on. Nope. Amateur hour, Amy. Final um, girls know. Definitely. If you have that chance, you take it. Yeah. And that's only really going to slow them down because you never killed them by running them over. Right. So running them over is just basically like, you know, stubbing their toe. Yeah. You, you know? lame them a little bit. Exactly. So slows down the Exactly. Chase. But it's not, that's not actually like a final kill thing. Um, but no, she definitely doesn't do that. Um, Amy calls uh, the police mm -hmm. who start to come and we have our dude, our crackers. Glenn. Glenn, who's yeah. got to kill this guy. Right. Who's like, I know where he is. So yeah, he runs off to the Borg to go like try and save the day. Um, but I would say a good horror movie survival guide tip is that uh, don't split up. Yeah. Obviously. Because Marv goes to like deal with it on his own. Yeah. And like don't let him go or just lock in the room together or totally. like, whatever you do. I know. But also then like she goes wandering around by herself where she knows the killer is. Yeah. Looking mm -hmm. for Marv. Yeah. Because yeah. that's the thing too. It's like as a final girl, like you have this kind of thing where obviously, you know, you're out for number one, got to keep yourself alive. But also if you're doing it with like a, you know, a friend or boyfriend or kid sister or whatever, you're always going to be kind of beholden to keep them alive too. Yeah. So if you separate, you will eventually go looking for them, which just exposes yourself. So you just can't separate. Yeah. Gotta... The reason you went to someone else for help is because you wanted help from that person. Right. But then that person pieces out and then you're by yourself anyway. So yeah. And also like, Marv is not going to take care of any business. No. Like Marv is not, you know, like no. Um, but he basically goes and, and tries to to deal with it on his own. Um, and I, there's this kind of, I found this part kind of confusing where when she's looking for Marv, she ends up in the morgue and finds all her friends' bodies. Mm -hmm. But then if Marv works at the morgue, why didn't Marv tell her? Mm. This I didn't understand. Because I was like, did the killer just put them there unbeknownst to Marv? Oh, maybe. Or is it like they're he, there because like, dead people over. go? Yeah. So I was confused. So I thought, I'm like, are they trying to do that like Michael Myers scene where she goes upstairs and there's like, yes. the, you know, the grave on the bed is. and all that? Yeah. Okay. I figured. Uh, where it's just like, oh, the horror. But it just like was not thought out. Right. Because I'm well, like. He also appears to be on foot, the killer. So how he gets the bodies over, we don't know. Eh, details. Um, but Glenn arrives and is like, I'll take care of you. And Amy at this point is in like full cowering mode. Like yeah. the killer is coming for her and she's like nah. and uh he shoots the killer and then tells amy to run but of course he turns his back to the killer and the killer immediately gets up and stabs glenn to death yep. um and so uh not to death just stabs well him. he stabs him yeah um it's not pretty and uh so amy finally 
seems to kind of get it together and like traps him in like kind of a closet and then sort of is scalpeling him mm-hmm. when he's like bursting Does a he, hand. Yeah, a hand through the window. Right, and that whole kind of thing. And so the police arrive and so it seems like Marv and Amy are like our final couple. Like, oh, okay, they made it, all is well. Um, but then we have a little epilogue. Where um, uh, they're getting ready for the wedding and uh, the cops there at the wedding mm-hmm. uh, getting Marv ready, Phil's out of the, out of the picture. So uh, we have that same killer cam come on up to that. And then we have Amy in her bridal gown going, hey, Phil, what are you you doing doing here? here? And then fade to red. Fade to red. Yeah. So it's like like fade to red. Yeah. And I I will say the the ending is is pretty enjoyable. Like if you think that the ending, this was the deal from the whole beginning. And this explains why we never see Phil and, you know, all her doubts and blah, blah, blah. It's kind of a goofy, fun ending. Like, Phil, what are you doing here? A red, you know. Um, but again, I think that the the premise is so funny in its nicheness. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I it's, do. I think it's kind of cool that we don't figure out who Ray is really, like the killer mm-hmm. in this movie. Beyond just, seeing him, you mean? Yeah, like you there's see no backstory, him and you know that he was about he married, so he killed someone who was about to get married. Mm-hmm. That's all we know. Right. Like, what is his deal? Why is he like this? Like, we're not like we always talk about like the the Michael Myers backstory. Yeah. But this is like you get no backstory. But no. I prefer it. I don't think he says anything. No, he doesn't. Yeah. So I give I'd say you give us all or you give us none. But yeah. Don't do the weird middly bit. Yeah. Where it just gets confusing. Um, no, I th- I agree. I the, the only thing I feel like is I wish uh I, I I wish that if there was any backstory to Ray, it could be done through the exposition of the cops. Because I feel like the cops have the, like, I'm possessed by this case exposition, which they do, like, four times. And, and it's like, I get it. I get it. Like, your your wife was killed or your, you know, bride was killed on her wedding. That's awful. I get it. But, like, I feel like they're trying to kind of, like, if they make it sort of like when they, because one of the things I do think works in Halloween is Dr. Loomis talking about Michael. Mm-hmm. Dr. Loomis talking about Michael in the beginning of the film makes Michael a lot more scary than I think he actually is. That's true. A, a large part of that, I think, is Donald Pleasance. But I think also what they, when they describe just, like, what this kid did and what he was like, you know, the, the, the black eyes, the blackest eyes, all that's good stuff, yeah. you know? And so I feel like if the cops were sort of having those discussions about Ray, mm-hmm. I feel like Ray would have been a lot more interesting as a killer. Yeah, I agree. Um, Question though, mm-hmm. do you ever like those cop characters? I always find those kind of cop characters uh-huh. so boring, so unnecessary. I'm always like, get to the, get back to the action. Uh-huh. Like the, there's like the ones in like Last House on the Left, the ones in Fade to Black where I'm just like, get rid of these characters. I don't care yeah. about these people. I think they're fun as long if you, but if you do something with them, I feel like that's, you know, the, you know, one of the kind of many things I like about Kevin Williamson's take on when he started doing these kind of screen movies is like making one of those cop characters one of the initial group. Yeah just through sheer force of David Arquette's personality, frankly, um, is great. So if you take a cop character where you could also kind of throw him into the fold by giving him relationships or like, you know, we talked about in the last podcast, um, uh, they had the sheriff had sort of had a crush on like the local waitress. And so when you see his face, you're like, oh, he was coming for their date and his face got melted, you know, like just like little things like that. So I feel like when they make them super one note, then it's one note exposition and you know that they're expendable because they're cops in a horror movie. Yeah. So then you're like, eh, but if I think if you give them as much character other than, I think they just rely on their character being cops. Yeah. You're a cop. There's your character. Yeah. You know, and it's like, they should treat them just like any other character, like any, you know, 
know, give them as much, you know, like Elliot or Marvin mm-hmm. or whatever, because clearly the movie could do that. It just didn't want to in this. Um, yeah. And I think also if they had described sort of what Ray like really did to her when he killed her and what, you know, all that kind of stuff would have made him a lot scarier. Yeah. Than just mouth grab. Mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah. So um, uh, gore factor. Yes. Uh, one, not enough blood to fill a Dixie cup. Two, a puddle of blood. Three, enough blood to go so the average viewer Four is a bathtub of blood and five is run for the barf bag. Mm -hmm. And we give this a three and a half, enough blood to gross out the average viewer and a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, I would say it's maybe for me a little closer to three, maybe than three and a half. I agree. Um, Because like you got the head stuff, like Mm -hmm. that's not, that's not pretty. Um, uh, So for movie rating, we have zero to five chainsaws. One, if you're desperate. Two, barely qualifies as a horror film. Three, seen worse, seen better. Four is not too shabby. And five is fantastagorical. Continuing with the three and a half trend, you and I both gave this a three and a half. Three and a half. Yeah, which all the way I around. feel like it also I would knock a half off that. Yeah, I would agree. I feel like it'd be seen worse than better. I would be three all around for this. Yeah. And I do enjoy the version of this movie in my head where Tom Hanks is Marvin. Yeah. Um, I'd never thought of it before, but now I like that movie in my head better. I do too. Yeah. <laughs> um uh, so next week. Yes. Uh we will be talking about a, a little scene film. Yeah, uh, I feel like no one's going to know this no one. No one's seen uh, 1985's The Bride. Starring uh, Sting, yep. Jennifer Beals, yep. Carrie Elwes, um, and Timothy Spall for a hot second. For a hot second. For a hot second. Um, literally a hot second. Literally a hot second, yeah. <laughs> Does not end well for Mr. Spall. Um, so yeah, we'll tell you guys all about that next week. See you for The Bride. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.